Kansas anymore. Are you ready? Now I'm just getting warmed up. This task was appointed to you. I said I want the truth! I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Dodge this. I'm Catherine, and today I'm joined by our Head of Education, Lucy Brett, to discuss the BBFC's classification of animated films. In particular, we're going to look at Finding Dory, Moana, Zootropolis, and Kubo and the Two Strings, which are all nominated for Best Animated Film in this year's BAFTAs 2017. Welcome back to the podcast, Lucy. Thanks very much for having me. And now, it was 10 years ago that BAFTA introduced the award for Best Animated Film, and winners in the past have included Ratatouille, The Lego Movie, and Inside Out. What do you think makes animated films so popular? It's such a hard question, but I mean, obviously, they are hugely popular because everybody has family stories about their favourite cartoons, so I think it's partly because most of us have grown up with them as something that is made for us when we're children, so we feel like we really own it and we really like it, but I mean, there's lots of other theories as well. Um, and we were talking in the office and, and some people were also saying that uh, cartoons are often a really good way of introducing more complicated ideas and themes to much, much younger children and using sort of brilliant stories, songs, jokes, that sort of thing to explore things that are quite tricky. So some of the films we're talking about today have some quite complicated ideas behind them. You could think about Finding Dory and about maybe disability or at least, you know, learning to live with someone who has different ways of expressing themselves to you, um, to things like Moana, which is looking at uh, big, big deal problems like the environment and uh, our sense of who we are and our identity or Kubo, which looks at bereavement and loss and Zootropolis, which um, is about all sorts of ideas about embracing difference, but also... Um, what we do with our dark side, you know, what do we do with the part of us that isn't all happy and jolly? There's an assumption sometimes that animated films are always going to be completely family-friendly and the messages are all going to be positive and reassuring. And do you think this assumption can sometimes cause issues in terms of classification? If we take the Lego movie as an example, especially as a uh, Lego Batman's around at the moment, um, that's a youth film for mild fantasy violence and some very mild bad language. It's a... Uh, an interesting one because it's extremely popular and uh, I know from speaking to, to the young people we speak to through our education work that it's still perennially hugely popular um, because it's awesome and um, there's lots of moments in it that could feel a little bit tough for you but are actually really what we would use the word mitigated or really contained by the fact that it's a fantasy. We had a couple of, of, of emails in from people who wondered whether children could distinguish the fantasy from the reality and whether they would therefore get a bit upset by the Lego movie. We've tended to find though that by and large they can as they can with other stuff that children can tell the difference and that's partly because it's animated and partly because they can understand the fantasy world. We always make the point that every child is different and you know parents are best placed to know what might upset their own child and we do try and include in um, our BBFC Insight elements that people and parents in particular will want to know about before taking their child to see a film whether it be you, PG, 12A and that information is available on our app and on our website and our app is also available on tablet devices now. Yeah we find that parents are always really pleased to get a heads up if you like before they take their kids to the cinema. And now one film you mentioned already is Finding Dory, the Disney Pixar adventure sequel to Finding Nemo. How did we rate that film and what were the key classification issues? 
So Finding Dory is about uh, the character Dory from Finding Nemo and she has short-term memory loss and it's a backstory about her life as we follow her trying to find her parents. Um, And it's a U. It was given a U for infrequent mild threats. So examples in it included a moment where Dory and her friends come face-to-face with this enormous sort of squid that grabs Nemo by its tentacles and moves the fish closer to its big mouth. So lots of chomping and sort of scaredness. This is very brief and there are some reassuring outcomes which is something we often look for at you and in fact in our guidelines we actually say that threat can only be brief. I mean the other thing about Finding Dory is it's a film that's got some sort of sad ideas when Dory's lost and when she thinks she might not meet her parents again but there are also with that loads more sort of surrounding niceness. In fact, the film has a sort of theme of cuddles being important and looking after your friends. So although there are sad moments, they're acceptable at you because they're part of the story and because things are quickly much more positive. Another animated film that contains threat is the BAFTA-nominated Moana, which you've mentioned already. Moana has a kind of environmental theme. She's a young girl who sets sail on a quest to save her island. How did we classify that? The age rating for Moana is PG, and that was for mild scenes of threat. Um, As Moana and her friends face danger from natural sources and sort of supernatural ones, um, like stormy seas where it looks like they might be in real trouble, or fantastical creatures that are sort of ruling under the waves and and want to take things or or hide things from them. In one of the scenes, the scariness becomes really a bit more sustained than, than you would find in a film like Finding Dory as Moana and her friend Maui, who's a demigod, come face to face with this enormous giant monster. Um, and it's not clear initially how, how the fight is going to end. At PG, our BBFC guidelines say that a, a child shouldn't, uh, of around eight shouldn't be unsettled. What we're saying is that there's potential in a scene like that for very young children to be discomforted by the action. So for that reason, we've put the film as better placed at PG, where frightening sequences, frightening situations and characters in danger shouldn't be prolonged or intense and where things like fantasy might mitigate from things being really scary. Thinking about um, emotional upset again, like we did with Finding Dory, there's also a scene in Moana in which Maui talks about his parents not wanting him and being abandoned. And these are sort of quite big ideas, but as we often find with children's animations, they're big ideas, but they're placed here in a context where almost immediately the character is offered some reassurance and support. So there's also a lot of of reoccurring themes in Moana about how the lead character and and Maui are going to uh, start supporting each other and work together, hopefully. And, And that's that threads through the film really yeah and it is one of those films where it's just definitely got that pace of kind of threat building 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 and then something funny will happen so that i love the little bird in the film that seems to manage to survive the entire adventure while being completely useless and he's super cute oh and he's so funny and in fact um I, i do love that sort of moment in a cartoon where you see the rest of the audience sort of latches onto something and um yeah, no, so I'm sort of smiling, thinking about him with his crazy eyes. And I think that also we shouldn't forget that like lots of animations have things like songs as well that will really create a mood where children really do sort of feel reassured and feel like they're enjoying it. But, you know, as I said, uh, Moana, we gave a PG because it's just that bit stronger than the stuff in, in Finding Dory. And another film that's kind of at a similar level, isn't it, is Zootropolis, which we've, we've talked about before on the podcast, and I'll make sure to include a link to that beneath this one, which, of course, is about the rabbit police officer, Judy, who teams up with the con artist Fox named Nick to investigate the case of some missing animals. 
What were the main issues that took that film to PG? Well, it's interesting because that was, again, I think in the last podcast we talked about the threat in that film. Um, and what we uh, we do find when we're talking to younger people, whether it's for research or the guidelines or whether it's our education work, is that things which are a bit unsettling, things that are confusing can be hard. And in Zootropolis there were a few moments where um, characters sort of switch quite quickly from one sort of state of, of being quite sort of recognisable and calm into another, which is a bit more scary. Um, also, what's interesting about Zootropolis is the kind of threat in it is a bit more sustained. There are sort of longer chase sequences, bigger jumps, sort of moments almost of sort of injury. It's still mild. It's still very PG-ish. And I mean, we know it's done amazing box office business. People really, really like it. Children talk to me about it all the time. But um, it's just that bit stronger. We often talk about roller coaster rides when we're talking about PGs, and that's a really good way of thinking about how a PG might be, that there's a lot of action, but usually you'll sort of get off at the end excited rather than devastated, hopefully. Um, but one of the interesting things as well with Zootropolis, and this is what grown-ups have been saying to me and teenagers actually who've seen it, is that it's also got lots of what we call like references to much more grown-up films. And it's sort of playing with these like complicated ideas, whether it's something like Breaking Bad or even some of the sort of Chinatown type, type films from the 70s. So it's got quite a lot going on, which maybe give it a sort of depth that can make it slightly unsettling, even if you don't really know what those references are. Now, the final film we're going to talk about today is Kubo and the Two Strings, which is an Oscar-nominated animation. And it also won the BAFTA for Best Animated Feature. Threat has become quite a common issue for us to talk about in this podcast so far. Was that something that figured in the classification of Kubo and the Two Strings? Yes, um, and, and we also talk about sort of things that, that that affect the way we react to an issue in a film. So what Kubo's there at PG for is mild fantasy violence and some scary scenes. And, you know, some of those will be a bit threatening or characters... Um, a bit scared and that's you know that's also obviously a really common thing in children's films because children's films are often adventures and something bad has to happen so something great can happen later but Kubo's interesting for lots of reasons partly because it's got lots of weapons in which makes it a quite interesting sort of classification decision there's also some sort of spookiness in Kubo so there's some very sort of spooky witches and then there's also some really quite sad emotional stuff about death and bereavement but at pg what our guidelines say is that there can be even moderate violence as long as it's got no strong detail or really realistic detail and as long as it's what we would use the phrase justified by its context so you know as you know children would put it slightly differently and say you know it's something that you would expect to be there it's something necessary and and normal in the action and in Kubo this is a fantasy world where the weapons really fit um, and so does the violence it fits with the sort of story they're telling much like in something like Kung Fu Panda where you would expect martial arts violence there's also bits where one of the characters gets an injury and it looks a bit sore, but it, it isn't um, presented in lots of detail and um, we can quite quickly sort of think think it's going to be okay. So those are the sorts of reasons why it got a PG. It's interesting also, um, we were talking just before we did this about who made Kubo and it's the same people who made some other uh, sort of PG films which are quite spooky, quite sinister. So Corpse Bride... Coraline, which people often still talk to me about, because even though people loved the book, even though a lot of people who saw it knew what was coming, has got these sort of slightly sinister ideas. Um, but also Paranorman, which again, you know, that's about a little boy talking to ghosts and dead people. Um, and Box Trolls, which has some tricky moments as well. And so you can see the similarities that 
just because it's a children's film and just because it's PG doesn't mean it's not going into scary places. You're just not in such a scary place that it's impossible to cope with it if you're eight or nine. And so that's why Kubo is a PG. Thank you, Lucy. I think that was a really interesting look at some popular animated films that are not just loved by children, but also by their parents and just adults in general. Now, don't forget you can tell us what you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast by using the feedback form on the podcast page. You can also email us on podcast at bbfc.co.uk or you can tweet us at bbfc.